Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Afsane Muradian, founder of MLC Homeschool Coaching. Afsane is a children's author with over 20 years of experience as an educator. She has worked with hundreds of learners from preschool to graduate school, including students that are wired differently. Afsane developed a proven framework to support you in creating the right homeschooling experience for your unique child. Now, as a homeschooler, she intimately understands the pressures and wants to assure you it doesn't have to be that way. She wants you to feel empowered to create homeschooling experience filled with connection and the joy of learning for you and your child. In this episode, we discuss how each child develops and learns at their own rate and in their own way. And lastly, once parents learn how to respond to their children without power struggles and learn how to create meaningful experiences, all children, and especially neurodiverse and high needs kids will feel safe, supported, and you're going to see them thrive. Go grab your coffee, go grab a tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Afsane has to say. Let's get into the podcast. And today's guest is Afsane Maradian from MLC Homeschool Coaching. Afsane, say hello to our guests and tell us what is a misconception you feel most have about homeschooling? Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today and get to uh, speak with all of you. I think a lot of people, when they decide to homeschool, they think it's going to be like schooling at home. So maybe setting up a specific school area with like a desk or cubicle type thing and choosing a really awesome, interesting curriculum or maybe a free curriculum or online program and that that's what you need and create your beautiful, you know, beautiful, colorful schedule and that's it. And then your kid's just gonna do the work that you give them according to the schedule you've created. And then what really happens nine times out of 10 is your child says, no, I, I don't wanna do that. That's the nice way. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little louder and more forceful when they you know, refuse to do the assignment or you know, put their head down or throw the paper or whatever, whatever the child uh, tends to. And it actually then is very disconcerting for the parent. They don't really know how to respond to that. So it tends to be two kind of extremes that fit together. So usually a lot of cheerleading, come on, you can do it, you can do it. I'm here to help you, you can do it. If you do it, I'll give you this thing that you love. And sometimes that works because they want that thing, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they really aren't able to be assigned. And then they dig their heels in and the parent goes to the other extreme. If you don't do it, I'm going to take away this thing that you love. And then guaranteed the kid is up against a wall and is lashing out, meltdown, tears, meltdowns, yelling, crisis, physical aggression, whatever. We all know how kids um, behave when they feel really cornered and up against a wall and really desperate. And so that's, uh, I think that's the biggest misconception is that, that that actual reality is more common than people talk about or make it seem because we never want to talk about our kids at their worst. Right. And it's really hard. I think a lot of parents take it personally and they yeah. think that it's a reflection of them as a homeschool teacher 
and they don't know what to do. So they just kind of think, well, this is homeschooling. I have to suffer in silence for the good of my child. And that's also a misconception because right. you should have fun homeschooling. It should work for you. You should not, like, you're not a martyr and you didn't sign up to be kicked and hit every time your child gets frustrated with their learning. That's not at all how it's supposed to be. So that's a long answer. No, <laughs> it's a perfect answer. You know, even just traditional teachers in the public school system, we come in with the same exact, like, naiveness. Oh, I'm going to create this and the kids are going to be perfect. And then we get in there and we're like, what happened? Why don't they want to listen to me? Why are they like being so mean and in we, we do get offended we're like i spend so many hours doing this lesson why aren't you be you know i mean how many times when i first started teaching was that my conversation with my students like i spent so many hours doing this lesson so that way you guys can enjoy it i do not appreciate it. <laughs> like it was just and they were probably like oh my gosh rolling their eyes you know and i get it now now i don't do that now i'm after 20 years i'm like nah, is it boring all right what can we do different you know it's like now i asked i'm like what do you what do you want to do like how would this be more fun for you because it, you're right education should be about fun and enjoying what you're doing and you know creativity and everything so let's get into what you do you're a coach on all this right so you're mlc coaching how did you come up with the name mlc it uh it was a carryover from more in-person coaching uh, that i was doing before and then i moved things online and made it specifically geared towards um homeschooling because i i also have been an educator for over 20 years and you know have seen my career journey evolve over the years too. <laughs> so um, yeah, and it's just funny when you said that my first year of teaching, I could not get my students to, top, to stop talking for longer than three minutes. So I had to learn how to like write every instruction down and hand and just do handouts because they would never stop talking. <laughs> it's a real learning experience and teaching teaching a lot of um, high needs and neurodiverse kids in the classroom really taught me the need to create meaningful learning experiences that play to their strengths and how even in a classroom you can create an individualized program for each kid or figure out different types of projects hands-on projects that play to their strengths that get them involved so i took a lot of what i learned as a classroom teacher but then when I started homeschooling my own child, I realized it's so different to homeschool than being in a classroom. And a lot of being in a classroom is behavior management and the fact that other kids are watching. So students will do things because they don't want to be the one not doing it. And when you're homeschooling, you don't have any of that peer pressure to keep the kids in line. And, you know, it, it gets very messy very quickly. So I happen to have a high needs child who also cannot deal with frustration, gets very anxious. So I had to figure out how to take everything I knew about teaching and then convert it into homeschooling. And then I realized there's so many parents who can't do that, who don't have a background in teaching or child development and are in a similar situation to me, but don't know how to deal with it. And I understand firsthand about 
the physical aggression, the frustration levels, the power struggles that can happen. And I thought, you know, I really need to coach because parents who especially have high needs and neurodiverse kids, those kids are not going to happily, quietly do the next page of a workbook or the next day's assignment of a curriculum. And then these parents don't have the support that they need. So that's what I do. So I specialize in neurodiverse, high needs, you know, families, where the parents are struggling to figure out how to make homeschooling work, how to help the kids continue to learn and advance. Because when it breaks down into those meltdowns and power struggles, then it feels like a lot of learning is being lost. A lot of time is being spent on calming the child down or dealing with triggers or in conflict. And you don't feel the benefit of the connection and the closeness and the collaboration that you're supposed to get from homeschooling. That's what we're told, right? So it, it's not that hard to turn it around. I just think parents need some guidance with that and some support to then figure out how to do it for their specific child who has their own unique needs and interests and temperament and triggers. And so we work together to figure out exactly what that child needs and what they need from their parent also in order to support their learning and be able to move forward. So that's where I come in. Absolutely. That is amazing how you put all that together and really dialed it in to be able to help parents, to be able to take your experience and bring it forward. Like what inspired you to take that action, to move forward to the next step? Well, I think years of giving parents advice. And then when the pandemic hit, and I realized, okay, now, you know, every friend I had with kids was calling me asking for advice. And I realized, you know, there's just going to be a massive need for this because a lot of kids are not going to go back to school, especially children who have high anxiety, especially kids who maybe have an IEP and the school doesn't have the resources to really meet the needs and give them the support that they need. So a lot of high needs kids are kind of being driven out of the public school system. Wow. And there isn't always an alternative school with a very different project to it. So, you know, like alternative schools that are very open might be a great fit for your child, but there's a lot of places where even if you can afford a private school tuition, it's more like a country day school that's very traditional and strict and is not going to be a good fit for a child who needs constant movement or a child who needs a lot of support, finishes very quickly and then gets bored or needs extra support and extra time to do an assignment. It's just very hard for a child like that to function in a classroom and not become a quote unquote behavior problem for the teacher, right? So that that's where I felt like, well, this is something that I can step into because I do know firsthand how hard it is. It took me a, a while to figure it out with my child, even with my experience and my background, because I had to apply it to this human being who did not want to do all of the things that I thought they should do. And so I had to get over that. I had to negotiate that and then figure out how to teach this unique individual and get it to be something that I enjoyed and, and loved to do. And I know how it really, you can kind of feel trapped in the process when it's not going well day after day and you're responsible for child's learning. It's a really awesome responsibility. It can make me and others feel worried, anxious, scared, Am I failing my child? Should I be homeschooling? Is this the right thing? What do I do? Oh my gosh. 
And then because homeschooling kids tend to go on a different path, it's not actually that easy to just put them back into school because maybe they are too advanced with math and maybe they're not on grade, you know, quote unquote grade level, whatever that is for reading or writing or another skill. And so if you put them back in, how is that going to affect them? They're, we don't want them to feel bad that they're behind their peers or they're too advanced. They're going to be bored and become a problem. And all those things are in, you know, homeschooling parents' heads all of the time. So I really wanted to demystify the whole thing, really help. It is, you know, in one session, we can eliminate power struggles. And I know that doesn't sound realistic, but I promise you, once you understand the dynamic and what the behavior communicates, it is not that hard to turn it around. And then once you get rid of the power struggles, you can then begin to address the causes of resistance, what kind of learning a child needs, what kind of meaningful learning experiences you can create for your child, and really how to do that step-by-step step with me holding your hand to figure out how to do that step. But I also have created some digital products for people who maybe aren't ready for one-to-one -one coaching or aren't interested to do that. So I did create um, an anti-resistance homeschooling roadmap where it's a three-part um, video training with a reflective journal. So it gives some background and understanding and where resistance comes from, why kids refuse to do an assignment, so that you can get support from the comfort of your home at the odd hours that homeschooling moms tend to do our stuff. <laughs> 11 in the morning, 11 at night or five in the morning, you know, our, we don't keep normal hours, right? So um, that I did want to make that available um, so that people can get as much support, you know, immediate support that they need. So you work a lot with, it's what it sounds like, it's where you work a lot with kids or help parents with kids who are a little bit resistant to doing the work. Have you found that there's almost like a consistency as to why the kid is resistant to doing work? Yes, but it sounds very abstract. But the real reason, when a child resists, they're putting up a boundary. It's really healthy and it really needs to be respected. So it's very easy to think my child is being lazy, suck it up and do it. Just yeah. get it done, right? Yeah. Figure it out. That's not what's going on. What's going on is the child cannot do the assignment for some reason. Either they have no connection to it or they don't understand or they don't have the skill set that they need to something. There's something blocking. And it can be something like they're getting sick, they're hungry, they're tired, they're thirsty, right? There's a need that isn't being met. And so it helps to kind of play detective, but playing detective is from the range of, is there you know, a, a, need, a physical need not being met all the way to, is, there, is this assignment not developmentally appropriate for my child? So there's a lot to kind of sift through to figure out what's going on, but the, in the most general terms, the child is not able to do the assignment the way that it is. And so when they resist, the best thing to do is respect that resistance and ask questions and try to figure out why they can't do it rather than try to force them. So that, you know, and get into that kind of authority power struggle situation because that doesn't help them meet their needs. They need us. They can't tell us they're young. Even some adults don't know how to verbalize things they have that aren't true. doing that. So it's very hard and it's very challenging when we make assumptions of what wow. we think is going on. Because we tend to be wrong. Mm. And we need to trust our kids that our kids know that something mm. doesn't feel right to them. 
and then we need to help them express that. And we need to take that information and then figure out what it means for modifying learning experiences, which again, I, I can say it like, oh, it's so simple. It's not, which is why I'm a coach. <laughs> because exactly. I need to figure out and learn how to do it. But once you learn how to do it, yeah. then you're doing the same kind of practice for the next you know, 10 to 12 years, depending, you know, however long decide to homeschool, that doesn't change. So it's really learning the framework and learning the patient, learning the, the planning skills and that sort of thing to figure it out for your child. Or if you have more than one child, you still have to meet those individual needs within the, the course of a few hours of learning time. So yeah. I, that to me is like the fun, creative part of homeschooling though. Yeah. You say it's simple, but because for you, you understand it so well that when you explain it, it sounds simple, but that's the whole key about it, right? When someone really knows their craft, another person will automatically feel like I can do that. And then when they attempt it, they're like, whoa, this is really hard. And it's because that person is so well gifted and they're so accomplished in what they're doing, right? Like when you hear a person play a beautiful violin, you almost feel like I can pick up a violin. I could do that. I can do it. I mean, I can make those beautiful sounds. It sounds seamless, you know? And then you pick it up, it's like, you know, it's not good. But I love that. I love the fact that you're able to flawlessly explaining it. You, it's it with ease, which means that you really do have a grip on what it is that you're talking about. You know what I mean? You mentioned a neurodiversity with high needs children. What does that mean? Like a neurodiversity? So neurodiverse, I think, I mean, we have different diagnoses, you know, a child's evaluated and is diagnosed with severe anxiety, ADHD, autism. Is another now, do you example. do, do you That's do diagnosis at all? No, I don't do diagnosis. Okay. This is really about coaching the parent in um, how to create meaningful learning experiences so that there isn't resistance. So how to create like the right learning experience for their child. So if your child is happy and interested and excited about what you're asking them to do, then they want to do it. And that applies even when the skill involved is something that they tend to resist. So if they're so, if they back away from writing and get very upset at the idea of, of writing, but you set something up that they're so exciting, they're so excited to do, and writing is a necessary part of achieving that, they will write in order to do the full activity that you're setting up for them. So it's putting the skills secondary. It's putting the knowledge, the learning, the passion, the interest first, and the skills secondary. So that skill building is happening without the emphasis because it's so tedious and awful for kids when it's just practicing something, doing 20 multiplication problems, writing the letter E 15 times is like awful. We wouldn't <laughs> want to do it either, right? So, um, but in terms of neurodiversity, also sensory processing disorder is another um, thing. So it's just different ways of experiencing the world, different ways of thinking, different ways of feeling things and understanding things that it necessitates higher levels of learning. It just tends to be a group of kids who don't want to do, like I said, they don't want to just do the next page in a workbook necessarily. They're not going to just do what they're told. And we know this as parents, even if you're not homeschooling, you know, it's like you say, put your shoes on. 
no, why? I'm not going to do that, you know, where everything seems to be kind of a struggle. So it just, it necessitates more creativity, learning that is really tailored to the individual child, really taking into account their triggers, their anxieties, things, like I said, skills that they hesitate to try, that they have some anxiety around, really knowing how to approach them in a way that is not going to trigger and cause upset because it's exhausting for us. It's, it's painful to see our kids get upset and to not be learning and advancing. And, you know, we feel like they're falling behind, time is being wasted. But there's another part of it, which is that it's just really exhausting for us as parents to spend hours every day calming a child down, you know, dealing with, even if there isn't a power struggle, you have to deal with the upset of the trigger, whatever, However, your child expresses that if it's on your body and then you're in some physical pain, if there's a mess made that you have to clean up, then you have to calm them down. Then you have to make sure that they're okay. And then maybe you can get them back to learning. Maybe, you know, learning time for that day is a wash. And that just, it's, it takes a toll day after day doing that, even if it's not every day, hopefully it's not every day, right, but right. to some extent, you know, you get, you get to different degrees every yeah. day. And you don't get to feel successful in what you're doing and they don't get to feel successful in what they're doing either as learners and what yeah. we want is we want our kids to feel confident in their ability to learn we oh, want wow. them to be proud of what they're doing yeah we want to be confident in our ability sure. to teach what we're doing and we want to feel proud of what we're doing too and we want to see our yeah. kids thrive which is the whole impetus for homeschooling to begin with. So it just, it gets a little more complicated yeah. with kids that think in a million different ways and right. understanding things so many different ways. So neurodiverse is such a general label yeah. for, you know, a, a whole range of things. So that's why it really comes down to an approach yeah. and then figuring out specifically what your child needs, how your child responds to things and how to set that up now. That's awesome. So you obviously have so much wisdom and understanding in this topic. As we're wrapping it up, how can parents get your resources or get to connect with you? My Instagram handle, you can DM me and I will happily message back, is meradian.absene on Instagram. And then my website that has um, the coaching services is mlccoaching.com. And then I don't know if you're able to share the link, but there's a yes. um, special link for the anti-resistance homeschooling roadmap, which is at a super special price yeah. of $27 right now. So that is immediately available. And just, you know, to reach out, I have free consultation calls. I love when parents set up a call just to share a concern that they have, even if they're not ready to start a coaching journey with me, just to ask a question or share a concern and just get some immediate feedback and some immediate support. I really love that. It's very important to me that homeschooling parents who you know are mostly moms are not suffering through this process, that we have the support we need, that we get to see our kids learn way beyond their potential because that's what homeschooling is for. And it is really exciting when that happens. And it's how we set up the experience that determines how much kids are able to learn and how they feel about that learning. Yeah. And so 
that that is the most important thing. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I will have everything in the show notes. All of your links will be in there. Awesome. You know, it's been awesome having this conversation with you. What's one thing you want to leave parents with from our conversation today? That you as the parent are in the best position to homeschool your child because you know them better than anyone and you love them more than anyone and you are more invested in their education and their future than anyone else and that is the most important foundation mm -hmm. and the other thing i want to add on, tack on to it is that kids want to learn kids want to learn and they want to do well and they do when they can so if they're not it's because they can't and then we need to figure out how to remove those obstacles that are blocking them so yes. that they can our kids want to do what we ask them they, do. they don't want to make our lives miserable they, they want to be successful they want right. to be proud of themselves yeah. and so when they aren't right. there's a very real reason and that's then our job to to support them remove the obstacles so that they yeah. can just advance in itself. That's fantastic. Afsane, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your experience and your wisdom and all your testimonies. It's been awesome having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, Follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.